Welcome to Coco Conjure. Here we discuss all things hoodoo, magic, folklore, and the occasional personal story. If you haven't guessed already, my name is Coco. I am super blessed to have you here with me today. Cousin, today we are entering the world of love work. Now, I'm sure some of you clutched your pearls at the mere mention of love spells. There's an ethical debate around them as it pertains to consent and free will. You know I live in the gray, and you know by now that I believe that hoodoo does as well. Hell, love work is easily in the top three requests I get when folks find out I'm a hoodoo, and I don't even take clients. So I think this conversation is a little more nuanced than love spell bad. And frankly, I'm not here to proselytize or spit doctrine. Know your ethical code and act accordingly if you ask me. One thing's for sure and two things for certain, though. Love work and hoodoo is as old as hoodoo itself. We all need love and companionship. I thought we'd dive into folklore and into some actual love works that were collected by our collective ancestor, Ms. Zora Neale Hurston. First, let's take a listen to this tale titled Triangle in Chicago from Miss E.L. Smith, as written down by Richard M. Dorson in his book, American Negro Folktales, and tell me how many love tricks you hear. A neighbor of mine in Chicago had a nicely furnished apartment and plenty of money, but no boyfriend. She had a girlfriend in Morgan Park, Mrs. Williams, who had a husband and two boyfriends. And she promised my neighbor, that's Miss Carter, to give her one of her boyfriends. She told Miss Carter, take this pair of his socks and put them under your carpet in two different places, with the feet turned in toward the house, away from the street. This piece of cloth slip under the mattress in the bedroom on his side of the bed and tie a cotton string with nine knots in it around your waist and sew it to this little bitty bag with a needle and thread. Wear it close to your, uh, meat so it won't loose off. Then Mrs. Williams introduced this boyfriend to Miss Carter and he fell in love with her right away. He gave her all sorts of presents, turned over his paycheck to her. He was a Pullman porter, you see, and finally married her. He never went back to his first girlfriend, Mrs. Williams. Well, Mrs. Williams lost the other boyfriend, and she wanted this one back. Asked her girlfriend, Miss Carter, to return him. You know I only loaned him to you. And Miss Carter said, but we're married now. Mrs. Williams goes down to the station and meets her old boyfriend when he comes in on the Pullman. She asks him, how come you don't come around and see me no more? He tells her, oh, uh, I'm busy, tied up. She keeps after him till he finally tells her, you and me are done, weaned from each other. I got a wife now. Yes, but she hoodooed you into getting married, Mrs. Williams told him. That was no real marriage. And Mrs. Williams goes on to tell him about the socks and the cloth under the mattress and the bag his wife wore next to her meat. He couldn't believe it. But when he went home and looked under the carpet and the mattress, he found the socks and the cloth like his old girlfriend had said. He burnt up all the stuff and moved out of the house right away. And when Miss Carter found out her girlfriend had told on her and had made her lose her husband, she was mad as could be and went to the hoodoo woman to get even. 
The hoodoo gave her some yellow powder and told her to sprinkle it in the cracks of the sidewalk on the street by Miss Williams' house, so she would have to walk on it every day. Well, in a few weeks, Mrs. Williams took to her bed with night sweats. I seen her once in Morgan Park two or three months later when I went there looking for work. You know, she knew the white people around and used to arrange for jobs, cooking, washing, housework. I met her once before and my neighbors, she was a light, little brown-skinned woman. She lay in bed with the sweat all over her and big balls of water would hop off her face, big as tennis balls, and she'd sit up and scream, help me, help me. She died not long after that, sweated to death. Child, that was a mess. Oof. Okay, did you count them? Let's compare notes. So first, I want to say that it's a mark of an experienced worker when they know how to layer their work. Sometimes it's not just a pink candle over a photo. Sometimes you got to shore up and attack a situation from all angles. So first we got the socks under the rug facing the house. Then we got the cloth under the mattress. I would give a guess that that cloth was like a shirt or boxers or something. So that's like personal concerns keeping him tied, not just to the home, but also to Miss Carter's bed. Some of y'all cousins might not be up on the language, so I'm going to elaborate a little bit. A personal concern is something belonging to your target or belonging to the person you want to hoodoo or root. Preferably, the personal concern should be like hair or body fluid, but it could also be a photo or an article of clothing, like socks or boxers or a shirt. If you dabbled a little bit in like the European-style witchcraft, the witches call them tag locks. I want to say that what might be a little different about hoodoo compared to other forms of craft out there, other forms of magic systems out there, is that in hoodoo, it all has to be practical. So uh, if you don't want your man to leave you, you put his socks under a rug. That's something attached to his feet. Or I'm, I'm sure some of you guys have heard the, the old wives tale, right, that you never buy your significant other a pair of shoes. You buy them a pair of shoes, they're going to take them shoes and walk out your life, right? So it should always be connected to uh, some sort of sympathetic magic in the work. That's why I said maybe it was like boxers or something under the mattress, because if it's boxers under the mattress and it ties uh, the old dude to Miss Carter's bed, then that means that he'll only have sex with her. He'll only want to sleep with her. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah, how many smaller works we got feeding the bigger work so far? That's two. That's the socks and the cloth under the mattress. So what's next? Uh, the knots and the bag close to her meat. Okay, so knot work and wearing them like amulets is a long-standing tradition and it hails from our African roots. In the book Mojo Working by Katrina Hazard Donald, she says the following about not work. Okay, I had to grab my book. We're on page 147. Katrina writes, uh, One technique used by all three types of hoodoo healthcare providers was the method of using string to tie sacred healing knots. 
Abayomi Sofawara speaks of this practice in West Africa, where both healing and preventative medicine use the string tied around the waist or worn as a necklace. Once widespread throughout West Africa, the technique of healing and rebalancing by using string and sacred knots was carried to the Americas by captive Africans. The healing string would outlive American slavery and survive into isolated pockets of African-American culture, at least until the early 20th century. Okay, not a lot of healing going on necessarily in this love work, uh, but we don't know how the knots were tied, if there was a, a specific oil or there were specific words that had to be said over the knots, just that there were nine knots, right? Uh, and it's a ghost remnant of this old practice that our ancestors used to do in West Africa brought, like uh, Professor Hazard Daniel said, into the Americas. And it's repurposed in this love work. So, depending on how the knots were prepared, the knots alone would count as a smaller work layered in to get the results in this love work. How many of y'all out there thought knot magic was only found in European witchcraft? Child, there's a lot of people out there who would tell you that, but you got to remember, as people, as human beings on this planet, we all have the same devices. We all have the same um, tools at hand. So, of course... Things like not magic, for example, are going to be found across culture. The difference is, is how the not magic is prepared and how it may be used. Okay, so the knots make three. The fourth is the obvious bitty bag or probably a mojo or a hand. What are some of those things you would toss in this bitty bag? Uh, some of y'all probably called, called out rose petals, and that's an, a great choice, an obvious one, but great. But... Damiana is also good for love working. It's considered an aphrodisiac and it's a great herb that may help in the situation. Maybe even a little catnip to attract the target to your, uh, what do they call it? Your meat? <laughs> attract them to your meat. It's not told to us what's in this bitty bag or mojo or hand, but with a little study and understanding of herbal spirits, you could probably craft your own. Okay, so we got the socks, we got the cloth under the mattress, we got the nine knots, we got the bitty bag, and then boom, we got your introduction. Dude was smitten from hello. <laughs> and not a honey jar in sight. <laughs> now that's the obvious work that was done, right? The attraction and the catch. But from the text, we can also gather how to break it up. Miss Williams was a two-time and no-good lame-ass friend giving up her girl like that. And might we add also cheating on her husband with not one but two other men. But to break up the hold, it was enough for Miss Williams to tell the old dude that he got rooted. And then to make sure the root would die and he was no longer tied to Miss Carter, the old dude burned up as much of the work as he could. This is good to know and should be factored in when you're building your work. It's astounding how many people do work, who do or not, and don't know how to undo their work. Because let's face it, Miss Carter got real lucky with a loyal man who was working for the Pullman as a porter. Imagine, if you will, being Miss Carter. And this dude that you rooted into marrying you ends up being a gambling drunk who throws hands when he comes home from a loss and chats up any woman nearby when he wins. No bueno. So learning how to undo your work, love spells or otherwise, is equally as valuable. And if I may add my own personal gnosis here, most times, in order to undo the work, you simply have to dismantle it, 
like burning it up or getting rid of the product or doing work that counters the original one completed. Not always a sure way, but it's helpful to keep those things in mind. Back in the day when I was working a little more Wicca adjacent, um, (laughs) I read somewhere and um, had someone like explain to me that in Wicca, in order for you to undo your work, you have to do the ceremony backwards. So like if there's no product, if there's no um, nothing to get rid of, nothing to burn up, no physical evidence of the work, she literally had to cast whatever spell she did backwards to undo it. And that sounds absolutely horrible. <laughs> Just, that sounds absolutely horrible. That's a lot of work to do to undo what you originally did. So I think I think in that instance, it was more about really making sure that you thought about the work you did before you did it. So that way you didn't have to go through the trouble of saying every word backward, walking backward, you know, moving the herbs backward, like insanity to me. Also, another reason why I like hoodoo, because in hoodoo, it's just practical. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you want to get rid of the work, actually get rid of the work. If uh, there's nothing to get rid of, then do something else that will counteract what you did originally. Boom. Done. I love it. Okay. So I'm just going to wax philosophical on you for a moment because the caution in Miss Smith's tale should not be missed. Miss Carter had her man, had her marriage, was living happily. They said that he was willing to share his money. He was a generous man. Obviously, he was very loyal. But in order to keep him, she had to maintain the work. She had to keep the socks under the rug. She had to keep the cloth under the mattress. We know this because the old dude found the work and burned it up. If you ask me, cousins, that's the trap with love work. Some folks think it's one and done, but it's not. It just isn't. You have to keep the work up. You have to keep the spirits appeased. And you have to pray your partner never finds out. If you do love work with a direct target in mind, you have to be prepared to keep the work going. You have to be prepared to keep going back to the hoodoo, keep renewing the spell. A friend of mine told me about her mother who did this, and her earliest recollections of hoodoo was going with her mother to the conjure woman so that the work could be renewed uh, over her father. It, it sounds tiring and call me cold-hearted, but it also just doesn't sound worth it to me. If I remember correctly, because I don't have the book next to me, but if I remember correctly in Zora Nor Hurston's book, uh, Mules and Men, she talks about how she worked under a hoodoo that specialized in love work. And this love worker had a client that literally came to her every week with something. Oh, my husband looked at the lady across the street when we were walking. You got a, a, a route for that. Oh, um, my husband's going on a business trip. Can you make sure he comes back home? Like she was never satisfied. So even, (laughs) even if her husband, for example, was loyal, the woman was crazed out of her mind with making sure she never lost her man. So, you know, don't, I guess what I'm saying is, is that sometimes it's not just the man or the woman or the whoever in your life that you have to keep doing work over. You have to drive, like you'll drive yourself crazy trying to keep them next to you all the time 
if all you do is rely on the hoodoo, all you do is rely on the love work. Now, for some folks, it sounds worth it. And I'm not here to judge you. So if it does sound worth it to you, but you don't have any personal concerns like socks to use in your work, you can build a simpler work. Our collective ancestor, Ms. Zora Noah Hurston, has more than a few conjure methods detailed in her essay, Hoodoo in America. The first work I'd like to share is a love attraction work with a particular target in mind. Hurston talks about a short work she learned from Albert Fricard, a man who may or may not be the blood grandnephew of the great Marie Laveau, but was definitely her kin through spirit. The work goes like this. Take orange flower water, rose water, three bottles of honey, nine lumps of sugar with the target's name and your name nine times together. To make a man fall in love with you, put his name first. To make a woman fall in love with you, put her name first. Burn a pink candle every day in this mixture for nine days. If I was going to make this, I would make the rose water and the orange water myself because the work is so simple. I would add the mixture itself to a fire safe bowl to start with, not a jar, and burn the candles in the mixture. Most likely, I'd speak over the mixture. Remember, speaking over work is a fundamental technique that goes with any work. And it doesn't have to be religious if you don't want it to be. In this instance, you could use a verse from the Song of Solomon, maybe one of Shakespeare's sonnets, or just sing a popular love song as you create your waters or burn your candle. Nowhere does it tell you how to dispose of the work or how to use the work. I suppose it's up to your discretion. From here, I'm going to just encourage you, cousin, to build the work for yourself as you see according to your practice and tradition. I just can't give you everything. Now, Miss Carter went on and commissioned death work to solve her problem. I know I live in the gray, and I know that I say take hoodoo for the good and the bad, but I advise against death work, and honestly, most modern hoodoos won't do it for you anyway. But let's say you were Miss Carter and you wanted to get your man back. In the same essay, Ancestor Hurston talks about Miss Ruth, a woman who dealt almost exclusively in relationship work. One of the easiest works listed called for nine red candles. You write the absent lover's name on each candle with a needle. Then you write it on paper three times. Put Van Van oil on the candles and on the paper and burn one candle every day at the beginning of a good hour. Now I know what you're saying. The hell is a good hour? Okay. <laughs> good hours, according to Miss Ruth, are two, four, five, six, seven, nine. 11 or 12 doesn't matter if it's a.m. or p.m. conversely just to make sure I'm saying it a bad hour would be 1 3 8 and 10 again doesn't matter if it's a.m. or p.m. maybe you don't want your old lover back though maybe you just cut your losses and you realize okay listen that was a lot and maybe I shouldn't hoodoo somebody to marry me <laughs> if that's you and you just want to get rid of the cloud of bad luck hanging over your love life, Miss Ruth has a remedy for that as well. To uncross and fix the ailment pertaining to lack of friends or lack of attention from potential suitors, first take a cinnamon bath. Okay, so when I say bath, most people are like, oh my God, I don't have a bathtub. Listen, this is not a fill the tub and sits bath. This is a brew cinnamon tea and wash with it bath. Then you're going to smoke yourself with whole cloves, 
whole spice and some lump incense in a saucer. To do this, you set the saucer on the floor and stand in the smoke. In order for it to be successful, you have to do this for nine mornings straight. That number nine keeps popping up. I don't know if anybody noticed that. Also, and most importantly, in order to find success in this last work, you're going to have to go outside. <laughs> like, don't just take the cinnamon baths and smoke yourself for nine days and then sit at home with a, a good book and a cup of tea waiting for your Prince Charming or your Dashing Lady or your, uh, you know, scrumptious someone and just expect for them to show up at you. No, 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 no. You have to actually go outside and meet people after you're done. So what did we learn here? Uh, one, no matter how gray you are, let's stay away from death work. <laughs> Just I don't care if you are dark gray, teetering on black. Let's stay away from death work. Two, love work on a specific target requires a lot of layers and it requires a lot of time and effort. It's not a one and done. You have to keep the work going. And this is mostly because people have free will and people are unpredictable. Like we said before, Miss Carter got lucky with a good man, but sometimes that's not the case. And as we saw, sometimes you got a jealous heifer looking over your shoulder, which leads me to our third point of knowledge here. And I would argue the most important don't be like Mrs. Williams and break up a happy home just because you're selfish. Like, Ms. Williams had a whole husband as well as two boyfriends. Why did she need Miss Carter's man? Let's talk about that for one second. That is a rude, selfish-ass thing she did. Don't be a Miss Williams. All right. We are on to the question and answers portion of the podcast. Uh, if you are new here, you should know that at the end of almost every episode... I take a question from Facebook or Reddit or, you know, wherever people are gathering online to talk magic, and I try to answer them. So the first question I have here is, I posted here last week about having suspicions that my friends with benefits cast a love spell on me. I've stayed in the sub and seen people post about love spells, and it seems there are different types. I'm not a witch, and this is pure curiosity from an outsider. Are there different degrees of love spells? Um, okay, so listen. I wouldn't necessarily say there are degrees to love spells. Um, and depending on your tradition, you might disagree with me on that, and that's fine. I would say that there are different types of love spells. Um, you have your reconciliations. You have your come back to me. You have your you know, make this person obsessed with me. Um, I think that the more you are in proximity to the person, your target, um, the easier it might be because now you are not just layering spiritual work. You're also doing the mundane legwork of getting to know the person, you know, touching them, talking to them, loving on them. So, in that instance, I feel as though when you have the actual target in front of you or the actual uh, person you want to root in front of you, um, it's more likely to work. But I don't necessarily think that there are degrees to love spells. Okay, next question. Hi, my girlfriend put multiple spells on me and once did something with some of my hair. I didn't know anything about witchcraft and I didn't find out about these spells until later. 
which really did weird me out. We are done six plus months ago, but I was needing some spells to undo whatever she did. I can't get any connections with anyone online, and prior to to meeting her, I was getting endless matches and instant chemistry without even trying. Let me know if y'all have any easy and safe ones or think that I can just ignore it. Thanks in advance. Ooh, child. Okay, so his ex-girlfriend used a personal concern, did some witchcraft on him. Uh, That was like six months ago. They're not together anymore, probably because he found out about the personal concerns and witchcraft. (laughs) Uh, But he can't get any connections now, and he used to have endless matches before with instant chemistry without trying. Okay, you're going to need a multi-prong attack. First, maybe get divination done uh, because the assumption is that old girl put the craft on you. (laughs) Uh, And that might not be it. Maybe you just are having a sucky love life at the moment. Um, But let's say that she is. Let's say the divination comes back that she did do some work over you. Multi-prong attack. First... You're going to want to do a a run devil run or a hex breaker or something like that. Something that will remove whatever it is that she put on you. Then you want to start fresh with a cleansing or an uncross. And then from there, you're going to want to like call in your blessings. But what I mean is you want to do an open road work or uh, maybe a blockbuster to uh calling your blessings none of that is simple (laughs) none of that is a one-day thing that would definitely take time to undo what she did um but if you are my client that's what I would do with you we would hex break uh stop witchcraft we would cleanse and then we would call in the blessings yeah calling in blessings And it's not just open road and blockbuster. I should say you also would want to do a love attraction work because you're out there trying to like get a new person, (laughs) you know? So a love attraction work would also help. And then throughout the entire process, you want to make sure that you're covered. Uh, That's where the conjure comes in. Um, A covering is calling on, or working through some sort of spiritual power that could be capital G God, capital S spirit that could be working with um, like spirits of your, in your spiritual court that could be, um, I don't know, working with, you know, natural spirit allies uh, to help you out, but you want to be covered by them so that way they work as a shield to make sure that you won't be hexed again by this person okay I normally don't do three questions but this question was so quick I found it on one of the hoodoo conjure boards on Facebook and <laughs> it's literally two sentences and I want to know the whole story behind that here, here it goes it goes I did a jar love spell about a week ago can someone give me advice on how to break the spell child what happened over there that a week in there puts this person is like i don't help (laughs) someone help me break this oh no (laughs) 
I'm laughing. I should I shouldn't be laughing. This person might be in distress and I'm laughing at their distress. That's not cool of me. Okay. So you did a love jar spell a week ago. Can someone give you advice on how to break the spell? Uh two <laughs> There's two ways to go about it. One, if you still have the jar, you want to dismantle the jar. Uh that should help. Two, you could um do a working that would sour that person on you or make that person leave you alone or uh, make that person forget about you. So uh, undoing work. Remember, I, I talked about this before. People do work and then they don't know how to not how to undo it, you know. So, yeah, you want to dismantle the work or you want to do work that contradicts the original one you did. Uh, so that way you come out even. Um at least that's how I learned um, how to do it. So, yeah, no bashing, no advice. I really want to know what happened here. I really want to know the story about why it's been a week and you want to get this person away from you already. Uh, but uh, there it is. Undo the jar or um, do a working that is that will counteract the, the love spell jar. I gotta let you, I gotta say, before you cast love spells, guys, really think about if this is what you want. Are you feeling lustful? Or are you really in love? And I I didn't say it before, but I've, I've seen that the most successful love work is done between uh, two people who may have drifted a little bit, like they're in a relationship, they're drifting a little bit, and they want to reinforce their love and it's successful when they do it together be it like um the candle working or sex magic or just like sensual kind of work like um that's always good (laughs) that kind of like that kind of love magic usually always works out because it's a couple trying to work on it together um a lot of times I find that someone, when they do love work, they end up like this friend here who did a a love jar a week ago. Um, They get what they asked for and or they feel regret on what they did. And then they're like, oh, how do I undo this? You know, so um, before you venture into love work, really ask yourself, is is this what you really want? If that's what you really want, like we you're on this life, you're in this life once you're on this earth once I'm. I'm not going to judge you. Do what you got to do. I literally just did a whole podcast detailing what like seven, eight, nine different works you can do (laughs) uh, for love work. So, you know, obviously there's no judgment here, but um, it I would be remiss if I didn't caution you that sometimes you get what you ask for and sometimes what you ask for isn't what you want. So if you made it this far into the podcast, I would like to give you a great big thank you. Thank you for staying with me this long. Um, Please uh, remember to like and subscribe. Maybe leave me a comment uh, below. Let me know, uh, you know, what kind of love work have you done recently? Or have you ever seen love work work out well for everybody involved? Um, Next episode, I deliver on my promise from the previous episode 
we're going to have Big Sis come back and she's going to tell us what it's like to go from witness to witch. Um, It's a crazy story. It's a good story. It's a little heartbreaking in some places. And uh, I hope you'll come back and join us for it. Until then, I want to let you guys know that you deserve the world. You deserve love and you deserve to be loved. And if you call for your blessings, they will come to you. I'll see you guys next time.